2: This, this is Off Track,
3: track with Hinch and
2: Rossi. Hello, and welcome to the Raw Track with Hinch and Rossi. Uh, your did you just hair looks a
3: roll track. Another Rossi? Off Track. Dumb it didn't sound like that to me. Sure did. What was
2: another Off Track with Hinch and Rossi? Uh, your hair, well, dude,
4: dude, Tim. You got to realize he's coming from F1 TV producers. Like he can say whatever he wants, and they just ah uh, like, yeah, they just fix it, it in post. Jesus
3: <laughs> Christ!
4: <Yeah. laughs> yeah. F1 guy here. Big thank you. Honestly, honestly, thank you for your presence.
3: Thank you for, <laughs> five seconds thank you for being here.
2: into the show and already. <laughs> hey man, you're the big thank you for your presence. Thank you for showing up to America and joining us after your uh
4: That was like seven years ago, dude. That was like before Yellowstone was on TV. People don't care. <laughs> dude, that is the best.
2: <laughs> that is the best time reference thing I've ever heard. That was before like (laughs) Yellowstone was even on TV. As it's like everybody's so obsessed with that show, they know exactly when it started, how many seasons it is. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I'm I'm with you. I think that's brilliant. Was Um, it more than two Yellowstones ago? What season are they on? Exactly right. Five, five is coming. Five is coming. You know what's you know what's funny? You know how like that that show's got legs is there were people they like the last season was out a while ago, and there were still people this Halloween that were rocking like the rip and Beth. Combo outfit, which
3: was pretty good. I have never seen Yellowstone. What? Oh. We need a new producer. I, I like one of those that I know would be good. It's just I, I don't want to sit down and start a new show.
2: You do.
4: It feels oh, like such every a
3: commitment. Week. Oh, it feels like such a commitment to start a new show from the beginning. Well,
4: James, James, before you got on here, um, he told me about how he had it. He had just woken up from an hour long nap, which That's would true. have been. It's uh it's 10, before noon 1040 40, a.m.
3: I had a pretty so, big weekend. So he doesn't have time for a new sleep. show
4: because he's sleeping in the day.
3: I was catching <sighs> up on some sleep. Yeah. How'd that go? I'm caught up. I feel great. <laughs> Watch says I got eight hours and forty minutes of sleep, and there's like a two-hour window in there where I was awake, showered, got Hazel to school, came back, had a little breakfast then took another hour nap, but it all it counted it as one continuous sleep.
2: I, I mean this in, in the most respectful way because we're all on the same page and this is going to sound really bad, but like, could you imagine having to do that, but then like going to an office for like a nine to five? Sounds miserable. <laughs> so, so, so lucky we are. Very, but
4: I do, I your body does adapt. Yeah, 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 talking, for sure. Talking to, to our good buddy, Bob who Mm -hmm. doesn't use pencils in his accounting job, by the way. Oh, really?
2: Oh, weird. Well, He does use dry erase.
4: So talking to Bob, our accountant buddy, who doesn't use pencils, um, only uses dry erase, which again, makes sense. I mean, it's 2022. I don't think there's a lot of use for pencils. Anyways, um, he explained he just had a newborn, just had a baby, and he does have a 9-to-5 job. And the baby requires him to wake up sometimes every hour, sometimes every 30 minutes, sometimes Every four hours, like, that, I mean, whatever kind of she's in the mood for. And he's like, it's unbelievable how the human body just adapts to having three, four
3: hours of sleep. And I love how yeah.
4: I'm talking about this as if Tim doesn't know.
3: Yeah, no, I was going to say, I remember those times. Yeah, <laughs> It it also sucks, though. It's like, because I, I described it like a defibrillator where you just, you you had a system and then the system just goes completely away and then you get a new one. Like, I used to be a heavy sleeper. I am no longer a heavy sleeper. Mm. I now like wake up at any sound as a yeah. result of that, because you're so always terrified it was the baby crying mm-hmm. or something yeah. happening or. But so much somebody,
2: joy that came with it.
3: I mean, I mean yeah.
2: Now it's fine. <laughs> yeah,
3: although Hazel did insist on sleeping in my bed last night, so I did wake up a lot, just getting kicked in the side.
2: Well, you deserve that
3: though. Yeah, um, no, she wasn't asleep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Awake and is very consciously kicking you in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what'd you guys do for Halloween, Tim? What did, what did Hazel go as? How was trick or treating?
3: Uh, well, we went to Disneyland on Sunday to go see all the Halloween stuff. Okay. And, uh, I, I got more steps than I get at a racetrack. Well, yeah, I, got I mean 20, 27,000 steps.
2: Also, in the in the racetrack, you just go from Alex's bus to Alex's hospitality drinking. You don't really do much. I, I get a good amount of steps on racetrack yeah. weekends. Sometimes the hospitality and the bus lot are far away. So yes,
3: yeah, and they they have <laughs> they only have beer at hospitality. So then I have to like find right. a bus that has vodka in the freezer. Well, right. like and there's sometimes the James's bus. bus is locked. Right, and <laughs> yeah, and then there's a lot of or, steps going from the couch to the fridge and then right. back and then yeah, and then to the bathroom and then yeah, back to the couch. <laughs> um, That's no and then uh, for Halloween We had some of her friends over uh, I was a I was Ash Ketchum From Pokemon and she was Squirtle But okay I told I told Alex this story But okay, I, I ordered This stuff last minute to come in For Hazel's costume mm-hmm. It was like two Pokeballs That were fidget spinners that looked really cool And then some Pikachu ears for Teddy
2: mm-hmm.
3: And while we were at Disneyland I saw that it got delivered and by the time I got back, it, they were gone. I never Aww. had anybody steal packages before, but both of them were gone around in the corner. And I saw the open packages in the bush. Aww. And then around another corner, I saw the plastic wrap. So I was already in a pretty bad mood. And then I didn't get a good night's sleep. And I like I, these people were like cutting me off in the road. I just, everything kept going to make my mood worse and worse. So finally, I'm on the way to school to pick her up and she had specifically asked that I come to school to pick her up in my costume. So I've got my like little Ash Ketchum hat and my so this blue is vest. Yeah. And I'm driving and this guy cuts me off cuz he goes in the right lane even though there's a car parked comes in, gets right in front of him. I slam on the brakes, get around him and then we get to a stop sign and I just I have the window down cuz it was a nice day. I'm like, "Hey, you <laughs> learn how to <laughs> drive or get off the <laughs> road." I'm just, like, losing it on this guy, right? And he looks at me like he's about ready to yell, and then he sees that I'm dressed as Ash Ketchum with a little, like, fingerless green green gloves and doesn't know what to say. Just completely logs up, and it turns green, and I just go... And I gotta say, it kind of fixed my mood because I realized how silly that was. I was fine the rest of the day.
2: You know what? It reminds me of that scene in... um... Oh, what is it? It's not, I don't, is it, I love you, man. When he just like, doesn't pick up the dog poo. When Jason Siegel, it's Jason Siegel in a movie. And I'm pretty sure it's, I love you, man. And he's taking his dog for like a walk. at like the Venice. And he just like, the the dog just drops a deuce and he just doesn't pick it up. And some guy's like, hey, pick up your dog poo. And he just like, loses his mind. (laughs) And it's like, it just goes completely insane. The guy like runs away. It's like, yeah, you don't have to do anything if you do that. (laughs) This guy just thought you were so bad crazy. He's like, I'm not going to touch this one. I'm just going to.
3: And like, I already kind of look like Ash Ketchum like 30 years after Pokemon, where he's just at a bar like, I used to be really
2: good at it. Yeah, you're like, I got so
3: many Pokemon.
2: Like, like Ash is a child, child of actor. And yeah, it just didn't go great (laughs) for him after Pokemon. And like, this is the result.
3: (laughs) Like the guy who still wears the Letterman jacket to the bar in his 30s. It's like, Mm -hmm. come on, man. High school ended. Like, we've all moved on. Sure did.
4: <clears throat> i mean tim you literally wear a baseball jersey with your name on it to true i do i love places. it and you're 30 it's time to move on
3: yeah but i didn't play baseball i got that jersey like two years like ago. last year yeah <laughs> <laughs> um alex what did you do for how and, and my name's on the front of the jersey not the back so it's different <laughs> uh, worse
4: uh, I think. Um, what did I do, James? I uh, turned off all my lights <laughs> and hid in the basement.
2: Oh yeah, that that, that tracks. That I tracks. did put
4: a bowl of candy out, like on the steps, in case anyone you know was stupid enough to walk up to it. But then, but...
3: He, but then he locked the gate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just standing was, there with full bars.
2: so Everybody was could there. See still it. candy left in the bowl this morning.
4: Oh yeah, I don't think anyone came. Lights were off. <laughs> like, it was funny. We got we got back from the mall because uh, we had to grab some stuff, and like it was just getting to dusk, and we were we had driven by um, some trick or treaters on the street and stuff. I was like, "Whatever you do, do not turn on the light." So we were walking through the house, like trying to get stuff ready for dinner, was like phone flashlights. And stuff just to get enough <laughs> food together to walk down to the basement to then retire there for the rest of the evening. So,
2: so yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I did something very similar.
3: Oh, <laughs> I thought you would have liked passing out candy.
2: I do, but the problem is, and in my defense, well, I did he's home, F1 F one now.
3: You true. It's <laughs> it's I thought so you would have liked your butler passing out candy. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, it's because his mode no. is inoperable right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the bridge is not working over yeah. the moat.
2: Um, no, because I I got back from the airport at like six o'clock p.m. Oh, from my, your F one thing?
3: Yes, from my F one thing. So much. Did they fly your jet into international or regional? Which one?
2: Well, I mean, it didn't really matter because I <laughs> choppered from the jet to my neighborhood. Oh, true. True. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and this repelled down. Oh, yeah.
3: Uh, under the roof. Um, repelled down. Didn't they? Did? Is there something wrong with your helipad on the roof?
2: Yeah, we're painting it. The uh, paint was still oh, wet. Got it. So, but no, I just got home so I hadn't I didn't have time to like go buy any candy or anything. Like trick-or-treaters were already kind of starting to come around. I've been gone for 2 weeks. Becky's out of town. We didn't have anything and so I kind of was on the same program, but I also had no food in the fridge because everyone's been out of the house for a while. So I had to order food. And so I had to like somehow like really carefully track the car as it was coming to deliver the food to like make sure that when I opened the door to get the food, nobody else was in eyesight to like spot me as home and then come knock on the door. And then even worse than just not giving out candy is having someone come up to you and be like, yeah, no, I literally don't have anything to give you.
3: Here's an apple. That's fake. I don't You're, know. You know what? You just would have just <laughs> ordered a few desserts with your delivery it's like oh i don't have candy but here's a bite here's tiramisu (laughs) (laughs) would you like a spicy tuna roll
2: or (laughs) it's funny
4: because you do actually have candy it's just not wrapped so you could just yeah your jars and dump it in their bucket
3: yeah nobody nobody ever warns kids against having candy that's not in a wrapper that's what i'm saying alex you didn't pass out candy you have a closet full of candy in your basement like you, of anybody who's more prepared for Halloween, you could have just gone downstairs. But again,
4: James is the exact
2: same.
3: Yeah, and it's they're like individual; like they're they're not wrapped. Like it's yeah, like a bowl see, of Alex's gummy bears are in boxes.
2: Some he has of the them. boxes
3: of sweet Some tarts of and stuff. Look, yeah. I'm very
2: familiar with your guys's candy collections. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I felt bad that I was present and not giving out candy, but I literally got home right before
4: I honestly didn't feel bad. Um, I
2: know you don't funny story though, because you make that you make this comment about like yeah, kids are definitely not told to not take unwrapped candy from strangers i was I was working this weekend oh right and, where <laughs> down south and so i I was sitting at lunch, and there was some English people around me and uh they were talking about halloween they were talking about their kids and whether they were going to go out for halloween because halloween is not as big a deal in like any other country than it is in canada u.s like they are definitely north america is leading the charge on halloween so they were saying how they're like yeah no we don't really do uh halloween with the kids and like i I wasn't really part of the conversation i was just kind of listening to this and and the guy's like oh you don't do it yeah he goes yeah i mean It doesn't make any sense to me we literally train our kids and teach our kids their entire lives to not take candy from strangers and then we walk them around neighborhoods we've never been to knocking on doors taking candy from strangers and in my head i'm like yeah on paper that makes some sense but i feel like in practice that's not really what's going on here and it seems like they had this very anti taking their kids trick-or-treating stance i gotta be honest i felt bad for the kids because that was like so much fun when i was younger. i love trick-or-treating
3: i remember being in france one year for halloween when i was a kid and it was like the first year they were making a big concerted effort to celebrate halloween and man did they not know how to celebrate halloween yeah for sure it was just a bunch of kids walking around in costumes just yelling halloween at people
4: i mean by that by that guy's logic right you shouldn't use uber either
3: right should get the stranger's cars yeah there's right. probably a pretty solid argument to be made for that
2: though <laughs> <laughs> alex did you did you even like halloween as a kid yeah
4: i was what? a stoplight one year
2: i was going to say what was your best costume you ever did stoplight stoplight that's pretty <laughs> solid i was a duracell it,
4: i was a duracell change? i was a duracell battery also
3: well i i need to know more about the stoplight one did the lights change Nope. So it wasn't a functioning stoplight.
2: No, I mean relax, Tim. I'm just because ki-
3: like that would I, be really cool. So here's
4: the if, difference. Like, here's the a difference. Here's like. the difference, Tim. I was required to make all my costumes myself.
3: I, I will say Hazel made her costume with her mom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I
4: was a Duracell battery and a stoplight. That's really all I remember.
2: Those are good ones. Those are good ones. I mean, Those are not pretty really good costumes. Not really the stoplight one i i like it would have been cool like had you had like the help from uh you know supervision from an adult to do it it would have been cool to have like you know like the <clears throat> the green yellow red but it'd be like trick or treat like as they lit, lit up it know? was written on there so you got to every house and you hit the button and it went trick or treat the three
3: different lights yeah how, about, how much do you regret not thinking of that then
4: <laughs> <laughs> i do honestly so i wouldn't have to talk to people
3: Yeah, you'd never have
4: to actually (laughs) say
2: the words. I'd just be like, uh, streetlights don't talk.
3: Beep. beep, beep, Obviously, there's a lot of racing to talk about, but before we get to it, James, I have a question for you. Oh, god, I get in arguments with a lot of people because I was raised in a household that believes that you put up your Christmas decorations on November 1st and you start listening to Christmas decorations on November 1st. Listening to Christmas decorations, (laughs) listening to Christmas music. November, I just woke up. The prevailing for the second time, while wrong seems to be that you you wait until after thanksgiving canadian thanksgiving coming before halloween right when did you grow up putting up your christmas decorations
2: um i would say so my christmas is a big deal to my mom and she always like goes over the top for it but <clears throat> I don't think she started November 1st. So I'm going to say, because we don't have American Thanksgiving, I'm not going to say that was like a baseline, but it was at least mid-November
3: before okay. stuff So you guys were on. also wrong. Got it.
2: No, no. I feel like, I feel like December 1st, is a, I feel like a month of Christmas decorations and music is acceptable, right? Like, it's a lot of yeah. effort to put up you Christmas decorations.
3: Almost two months.
2: Right, right. There is such thing as too much of a good thing, though. Yeah, I can. I can
4: relate. I mean, on on November twenty eighth, my landscapers are coming to put up all my Christmas decorations.
2: <laughs> and you're giving me about my moat and my butler,
3: <laughs> you my landscapers. I wish we could turn his mic off. <laughs> you know it's funny as i intentionally looked up the u.s navy band version of that song so that i didn't have to cut it because it's public domain
2: see this is why you're our producer is because every <laughs> once in
3: a while you come up with something actually useful in your <laughs> breadth
2: of incredibly useless knowledge that one that's a handy one i like that
3: all right well should we keep talking about how you guys are wrong about christmas or should we talk about hugging walls to qualify for the final four or whatever it's called in NASCAR.
2: Uh, yeah, is it the championship, championship four? <clears throat> um, yeah, let's let's get it. Let's get there. Do we want to start with the Xfinity race though? I didn't watch it, so I I didn't watch it either. I just saw, I saw a lot of opinions about it. You only I need know, to see so. the last lap. I did So I didn't. Well, okay. Let me just let me just paint a really quick picture for it because I'd like your opinion on this. And this these are all very important facts, I think. Well, so, should we
3: just pull up a video of the last lap so he can be caught up on it?
2: No, it's really it's really simple. <clears throat>
3: okay. Last lap. This is an elimination race. You know, four
2: move up to the championship four in Phoenix. This is Xfinity. So Ty Gibbs is running second. His teammate is running first. Last lap at a, at a short track, you expect to get moved if you're leading. He didn't move him. He flat out wrecked him, just, dropped, just dumped him in the wall. Teammate. Now, remember, he's already in the championship four at this point. His teammate needed to win to get in and he dumps his teammate, who subsequently doesn't get in, and now a different guy is going to be in the championship four, not from his team. So, like, if you're his team owner, who unfortunately is his grandfather, so that makes this a little bit complicated, you got to be pretty pissed off that you didn't just do the right thing for the team. Oh, we're here to win races, blah, 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 blah. I get that. But, like, you've won a lot of races this year. You're already in the championship four. Your teammate has a chance to get in here. And you didn't even race him. It's not even like you bump and run them. You just dumped him. You just fenced the guy. So, like, I kind of get why everybody was upset. <clears throat> and then he defended himself on a radio show the next day by saying, "Well, everybody hated Jesus at first.
4: Oh, this guy. This yeah, guy. Yeah, this guy. Um, I just watched the video with all of those facts. He's an <laughs> um, I,
2: as long as we're all in agreement.
4: He, he's. An but then to go on and double down with a statement like that. Like it's one, one of the most disrespectful things I think I've ever I think heard.
3: everybody remembers when Jesus Christ went to the apostle Paul and shoved him into the wall. So I get where he's coming from on that.
4: I just everyone the, I don't I don't even know if that's factually true.
3: Well, what I said no, I just made that up.
4: No, if everyone hated <laughs> Jesus at first. I don't even know yeah, if that, I think
3: the problem was too many people liked him, and the Romans I, yeah, were I, like, Yeah, hey, we gotta take care of this guy.
4: I think that's <laughs> historically very inaccurate.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he like quoted a specific verse. I'm not sure where it all came from. But again, he just doubled down. The best, the best response I saw on Twitter or something was like, Jesus turned water into wine, not his teammates into the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. But yeah, but like his his grandfather literally owns the the team. So like they're probably not even gonna yell at him for it. He's cause he's kind of been a bit of a he's been an aggressive driver all year long. He's won a lot. He's fast for sure, but uh that move was pretty garbage and then to, to defend himself the way he did it just shows he's super i think young and a little bit maybe immature on how to deal with that sort of situation
3: i think bit of a narcissist <coughs> oh yeah like if <laughs> your first response to criticism is like i guess i'm christ like <laughs> well the, the problem is, is
2: i think he did his first i think he de- debuted in the xfinity series like the last race of last year one of the later races last year and he won it I think he won his first xfinity race and so people have just been like absolutely pumping this kid's head up Ever since, because he's very good, he is good. There's no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, if you're going to be like 18 or 19, whatever he is, and just have that many people telling you how great you are, it's pretty easy to come off the rails. Especially if your team owner's your grandfather are not keeping in line. Do
4: you want to know what's really sad?
2: The, is he happy? the
4: The next, the next, <laughs> the next um, kind of transfers or the next class of NASCAR are going to be two absolute <laughs> wankers. From a
3: yeah, but I feel personal, like NASCAR is probably like, standpoint. About
4: that. Like great drivers. But like the fact that oh, Noah Gregson yeah. is going to be a cup driver and Ty Gibbs is going to be a cup driver. It's just like it's it's kind of a bummer. I mean, yeah, that's like I get yeah. it. They're good, they're good drivers. But like the good
2: news is, is that guys like Chase Elliott and Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson and like this other sort of like that middle generation, they're still gonna be around for a long time. Ah the sweet sound
0: of sports you love from Sling.
2: Uh, anyway, moving on to cup, the, the pass heard round the world. I don't even know how to describe what happened. What's your take? So, I mean, for those that don't know, last lap, Ross Chastain needed to pass two cars in the last two corners to transfer to the championship four. He did what can only be described as a video game tactic <laughs> of literally holding the throttle wide open, not turning into the corner in three and four and just crashing his car, rimshotting it around the wall the whole way. He let go of the steering wheel and held the throttle flat and entered that corner 50 miles an hour faster than any other car had the entire race. I loved it. And And on
4: a 20-second lap was two seconds faster.
2: Right. 10% (laughs) faster than any lap turn at the track. And uh, and ended up passing the guy that he needed to pass at the line. He beat him by like three oh yeah he passed five cars and then like passed the so he he knocked denny out and he beat denny the line by two feet uh coming back from 100 feet 150 feet behind him anyway the onboard footage is incredible from the other cars as he goes rocking around there's a fan shot from the stands that was it literally looks like a joke um (laughs) and i'm it looks like you turn damage off in racing
3: like in a racing game
2: I am dying to hear your opinion on this because I think I'm in the minority on this one, but I'd love to hear what you think about it.
4: Oh, that's disappointing to hear, James. I yeah. think it was absolutely <laughs> awesome. I thought you would. I, I thought, thought it thought was unbelievable. Would. I was so impressed. What on earth did he do wrong? He didn't hurt anyone. He didn't take anyone out to achieve it. He did He did nothing i wrong. agree with that
3: i agree that he's talking he about a control. high risk high reward move too like 100 so you
2: just mad wrong. you didn't 100%. think about it no 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 no. <laughs> here's my thing i'm not actually that mad at like what happened i'm very curious as to how nascar responds oh they'll, they'll have to find a way to not if there's because right. there, there wasn't a rule right so fair enough fair play he found a loophole <laughs> in the rules and just But i don't even know that that's in.
4: a loophole in a rule
2: Here's because the problem, man. If you don't, two things. Two things. The more practical part of it is, if you don't change that rule, the number of times we're going to go into the last lap and the top ten cars are all just going to write their off by going flat out, and like eventually that's going to go south, and someone's going to. Yeah, get you're right.
4: You're right. That's so unlike Cup.
2: Well, <laughs> but that's just it. Like this is this is a step way too far even for Cup. So I that that's one. Of, but the other side of it is like it literally made. The premier class of stock car racing in the world looked like a badly run iRacing event. Like, I thought it made it look really stupid. It was awesome and hilarious. And I mean, it took no talent and no brains, but balls of <laughs> steel to pull off, right? Like, he didn't balance the car on the edge, he didn't outdrive the other guys. He literally pinned it up against the wall and he let go of the steering wheel. It's like, on paper, the dumbest thing you've ever heard. But he pulled it off and it was awesome. But it makes NASCAR look really bad, I think, if they don't stop it from happening
3: in the future. Uh, so what would the solution be? That you can't gain a position mm-hmm. from a wreck? Because then the he item. didn't wreck! Like, that's, yeah. it. didn't wreck!
4: But but, but but, so then, what is your problem? You're gonna... No, because, because here, had he, for example, done that and... Made it, made it work, and got into the championship, five or four or whatever. But in the process, bounced off a guy and put him into the wall, and risked another driver, or or did something. There was there was a cause and effect, right? That even though it worked, there, this was something that happened as a result of what he did. I see your point. There's literally nothing wrong with what he did. So he bro- he, he bent some like sheet no, no, no. metal, like I There's don't know. There's
2: nothing wrong this okay. time. Right? right? Some of the track designs, right, have a break in the wall on the exit of turn 4. That's just a gate. It's not designed to withstand the sustained weight of a race car or several race cars. If other drivers think that this is a good idea and is going to work going up against it, that gate could fail. And then you're literally going head on into a brick wall right down the right side of your race car. Like it could be a very dangerous situation. So. I mean, the 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 front suspension could have broken away that hooked the car left it and took, so like, you just don't know, right? That is just not what these cars are built for. That's not what racing is really about. Like, like I, I said- it, I
3: will say, it does seem the majority opinion is that there is going to be a rule change.
2: Yeah, they're like, it was awesome. And again, credit to them for thinking about it. I, I, I cannot, the, I cannot even imagine driving down the back straight. You had, there's the radio transmissions. What do we need? You need two more spots and he's like all right here we go like the thought process in his mind to just fire that thing in there 50 miles an hour faster than he ever had before and let go of the steering wheel is just incredible
3: they Absolutely had to have incredible. thought about it before like it had to at least in the I mean, back of his head he had to have thought like there's maybe dude, we've it was all, but we've, it all, we've
4: all we've all thought about it <laughs> James and I have had this conversation, not to that level, but our conversation has been, "Hey, it is progressive banking at Texas, up against the wall in turn one and two. There is none of this whatever stuff, whatever we're calling it, <clears throat> compound resin, right? PJ one, resin, PJ one, whatever it is." Yeah. So not only is there no resin, it's more bank than at the bottom of the track, mm-hmm. and it would be clean in the beginning, like. In theory, there's absolutely no reason why it wouldn't work to to run lane four or five at Texas and turn one, two. The difference is if we did it and got it wrong, we would probably be fired. (laughs) Whereas I feel like in cup, you can do a lot of things and break a lot of cars and it's not really a big deal.
2: Yeah, that is true. But it was interesting. Parker Kligerman, our good buddy, had uh, an interesting bit of insight on this after the fact He basically said he was like, the only reason this worked was because this new car is so stiff Mm -hmm. and like indestructible. He's like the old car. If you had done that, the bodywork would have folded in the chassis would have hooked and you would have like, you would have been ground to a halt halfway through the corner. You never would have made it. So like all the drivers are kind of complaining about how stiff this car is because it's kind of leading to some of these issues that we're seeing with concussions and stuff, just general car stiffness. But that's literally what made this move work," he said. "The old car, there's absolutely no way it would have it would have gone down like that. So it's kind of fascinating. But again, man, did what he had to do. Didn't break any rules. Got in. Awesome. But I just I would be I will be shocked if NASCAR isn't like, okay, look, guys, I know that we dump each other and crash each other all the time, but like this is going to be bad if we let
3: this carry on.
4: I'm, I'll be interested to know though, like how they how they you how you, what, how you that write rule. that rule
3: yeah yeah mm. hey i uh, remember that don't yeah i think it's, <laughs> it's gonna be like it'll probably be the
4: ross chastain rule
2: yeah like, it'll don't be, do it'll that be, <laughs> don't chastain it or the i-racing rule right. like
3: that's literally a move that got banned in online gaming because it was silly Do you think now iRacing has to come back and be like, our bad, we thought that wasn't real, and it turns out (laughs) (laughs) it's (laughs) now totally legal in iRacing. That was a totally valid thing, and, uh, you know, sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) There's got to be somebody who got in trouble on iRacing that's like, I told you!
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, dude, so many. So many people did that. Oh, Yeah, he had the fastest lap of the race by two seconds on a 20-second lap time the best all right so what do we got coming up guys uh well we got the phoenix nascar race the championship finale is next week and that's it racing wise do you think they'll make the change before then i would yeah i mean it's a i mean it's a mile it's not a half mile but it's Maybe you'd still try it in three and four. I don't oh, know. I don't think so. I think like
4: <clears throat> when you say you went in 50 miles an hour faster, that's still probably only 110. Whereas Phoenix, it'd be
2: <laughs> you're moving, yeah, yeah. But it's not as tight a corner.
4: Yeah, Phoenix, you're starting. It's a to lot, it's a lot more real mean, estate though. You're you're riding yeah, the
2: wall again. Camera. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is true. That is true. Somebody, I saw.
3: Maybe that's what it'll take. Don't change the rule. Let somebody dumb enough to try it in Phoenix, see it go bad, and then be like, All right, that was it.
2: <laughs> well no, because then you'll get to Martinsville and it worked in Martinsville. So next year <laughs> the, the top ten on the last lap will just rim shot the last corner and you'll just write off a bunch of race cars and <laughs> might crash something bad. I don't know.
3: I One I, I of me thinks Mascrow will be like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking when you were talking about the two guys coming up from Xfinity being NASCAR's probably like, oh, no, I'd hate to have people hate our drivers. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to have a little controversy, I suppose.
4: Speaking of controversy, Fernando Alonso, I think uh, a friend of ours in a group chat put it put it the best. Um, nothing like someone who loves to throw a grenade into a room and then walk away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That was pretty yeah. awesome. <clears throat> this, of course, uh, Fernando Commenting in an, in an interview somewhere that Max's two world titles are more valuable than Lewis's, Lewis's because Lewis only had to race his teammate, sort of thing. Um,
4: yeah, and I, and I just, I just love how Lewis's response to that was purely just the picture of him on a podium somewhere with Fernando below him, right? Also the McLaren beat, suit,
2: beat Fernando in the same car. But that's yeah. just it. This, like his logic's flawed because. It's Fernando, of course. But like, but like, the I, I president can't believe-
4: <laughs> of motorsports doesn't necessarily know everything.
2: The The point, the fact that nobody kind of called this part out immediately. So he's saying like, yeah, you only have to beat your teammate where, you know, Max had to beat a driver from another team, I guess, and his teammate. Maybe that's the argument. But like, if you have a crazy dominant car, then beating the other people is not hard. You only have to beat your teammate. And you, it's hard to argue that Max didn't have the most dominant car this year.
4: I, no, I think his argument was more based on last year and the fact that the probably the Red Bull and the Mercedes were equally matched. I Abed mean, and flowed, yeah. But honestly, Max didn't win that championship. So, I, I mean, I don't know what we're talking about.
3: <laughs> Speaking uh, of grenades and rooms. <laughs> Michael,
4: It is so not right.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> um,
4: so anyways, uh I think I think Fernando is just at the point in his career where he just doesn't care anymore.
2: Yeah, there's um, there's zero to care. I mean, he's he's what he is. He can still drive a race car incredibly quickly. That is without a doubt. Uh certainly has a tendency to leave teams in some sort of controversial clouds sometimes. Mm, mm. Um but you know what's funny is like he obviously had that spat with McLaren the first time he was there, but they took him back. He left Renault after being a back-to-back world champion, but then they took him back. But then he left again because he's only supposed to be there. He only wanted to be there for a year because it was just a stop stopgap. But then he still took him back. <laughs> so he's like on his third stint at the quote-unquote Renault team. Do you think, though, that, I mean,
4: Aston Martin isn't really doing anything that special. And, like, Fernando has this knack for leaving teams before they get good yeah or at least better and yeah. i think that especially with aston being one of the teams that allegedly kind of broke the cost cap rules in some fashion right they're going to be you know pretty <clears throat> monitored and also probably self-aware for next year to make sure that you know nothing mm-hmm. like that happens again and their rate of development this year is gone backwards like they are getting worse their sure team
2: it it and like and, the alpine is very clearly the fourth quickest car yeah
4: it's not a bad car And there's no reason to think that it wouldn't take a step forward next year. So will we see again Fernando leaving the team and it being like, oh, should have not done that.
2: But see, this is the part that I find a little bit fascinating, right? Because his whole thing was he wanted a multi-year deal and Alpine was only willing to give him one year and Aston was willing to give him multiple years. It's like, okay. But then you look at the relative competitiveness of those two cars, making a jump from... I don't know, is, is Aston ninth in the Constructors' Championship? Or are they just only ahead of Williams?
4: I think they're ahead of AlphaTauri
2: as well. But, yeah, I mean, they're towards the bottom. They're, yeah, they're towards... They're not 4th. They're not 4th or 5th. Oh. Which is where Alpine will finish, depending on how these next two races go. And so, you either have to have, like, a ton of faith and inside knowledge about what Aston is doing to be stronger next year, or you have to really just care about being there more than the results. Right? Because if the car is that much better, take a one year deal. If you believe you're still good enough, then you'll do good enough to get an extension and you'll get another deal, but you're still in the better car to take the guaranteed time on the grid with a really big hail Mary at whether or not your car is going to be competitive. That seems like a weird move for a guy like him, who obviously is like there to win and do well. Like he doesn't need he doesn't need like the security of a long-term contract. He's Fernando Alonso, he can do whatever he wants, kind of thing. I'm just I'm kind of surprised. Unless he just knows something about what Aston's up to and just genuinely believes that they can be fighting at the front of the midfield next year. But I don't know, man. That Alpine is quick. It they've it's broken a lot. They've lost a ton of points, and they're still 4th yeah. in the ch- Like they'd be fighting Mercedes right now if it wasn't for well, no. No, they're not they that level. But I mean, yes, I, I see what you're saying. It is um
4: by far and above kind of stands alone for, from the rest of the midfield. So yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't see it happening. I see it kind of just being, I, I kind of define Fernando's career as obviously being a two-time world champion and <clears throat> phenomenal at everything he does, but also always seems to leave teams at the wrong time. Like it just like he left Ferrari at the wrong time. He left McLaren right before they got good. he, like went back to Renault. I, I don't know. He just, he seems always out of sync with the competitive competitiveness of the team. Um,
2: yeah. True enough. Max Verstappen won a record setting 14th race of the season. Didn't watch it. <sighs> not surprised. Yeah. he started first finished first. I mean, it's yeah. not, but yeah. dude, it for a second there, it actually kind of looked like Hamilton was going to win and keep the streak alive. Cause everybody thought Red Bull made a mistake on, Tire, not a mistake well yeah kind of a mistake on tires and that mercedes made the right call and then the way the race played out it just fell into red bull's hands kind alas of, yeah it was daniel ricardo i think won that race for max verstappen because he took a set of mediums to a way longer distance than anybody thought they could last i think at the start of the race so it looked like the red bulls were lining up for a two-stopper and then uh the Mercedes were lined up for a one stopper and Max at the start made the softs last long enough that then they saw how long Daniel made the, uh, the mediums last, which is what he started on. That they're like, man, I think we can actually just finish on the mediums here and not have to run the hards, which were definitely not the right tire to be on. So it sort of worked out. So I hope Max and company bought Dan a beer afterwards. They did. They just poured it in the shoe first. <laughs> gross. Still so gross. Have you yeah. ever done a shoey, Alex? Nope. Would you ever do a shoey, Alex? Nope.
3: Yeah, that was that was a predictable answer.
2: Yeah. It's weird how many people will do Cheese for things way less cool than winning a Formula One race. It's just like a it's like a normal Thursday night thing to do in Australia sometimes. That checks out. Yeah. You know, like at the nightclub, been in your shoes, dancing and sweating for the entire evening, and someone's like, Chewy! And then they just pour a bunch of beer in your shoe and you drink it.
3: Yeah, no desire to do that. Sounds weird, right?
2: It's
4: not the worst thing you've tasted from a nightclub,
2: James.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And on that bombshell.
2: (laughs) This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at AskOffTrack on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at TheTimDurham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at HollandPatentPublicLibrary.com.
1: OffTrack is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Fit.